Alrighty, you guys, before we get into our main episode, I just want to say a special shout out. Today is someone very special's birthday. It is March 3rd, aka my dad's birthday, aka just a quick pinches number one fan. So I just want to say on behalf of us and all the pinchers, dad, happy birthday. Thank you so much for just being the biggest support ever. And yeah, the all the pinchers and I really love you and support you. Now onto the main episode. Rise and shine, bitches. Welcome back to another episode of Just a Quick Pinch. I'm your host, Connie Wang. And I am unqualified to be here. Jimmy and I were talking for like a full two minutes of this episode before realizing I hadn't hit the record button on the microphone You're not supposed yet. to tell them that. Well, I'm just breaking down the fourth wall. Okay, so anyways, Jimmy, take it away right. again. So this is a question near and dear to my heart. <laughs> for the second time. Don't let them know that I, I now I'm Sorry. just rehearsed on Okay, this. we'll just let them know the question. Anyways, yeah, so how how to get out of being a cranky girl in your luteal cycle. Okay, so I feel this strongly because right now I'm a cranky girl in my menstrual cycle. And uh, just to be clear for any cranky? of the male listeners that might not realize, so luteal is the week before. Yes, thank you. Your thank menstrual you. cycle, That's right? So technically you you're in a luteal cycle. No, I'm in my menstrual cycle right this week. Yeah, but you did, did. Did it happen? It's like about to happen. Well, then you're still luteal until it happens, right? No, that's not how it works. I don't oh. think. I think it's like literally the week, the week before. It's like the time frame. Okay, but like, don't test uh, a woman that's possibly uh, in her luteal or menstrual cycle. You're, feel, like, you're, you're like you should know. You're treading a dangerous line, Hanshaw. Uh, but yeah, so I know a cranky girl that may or may not be in their luteal cycle. So <laughs> I don't have necessarily advice. I have advice for dealing with those types of girls. Uh. Okay, the first problem, <laughs> before I realized we weren't recording, was Jimmy started to say the word, the I word that we all hate, which is the word irrational. Um, okay, so, but, okay, also for this question, Jimmy and I are just going to be giving our advice for how to get out of, like, a funk, like, in general. You don't have to have, like, a menstrual cycle or anything. Just how to have, if you're cranky and in a funk, which is what I've been, like, honestly, like, all week, you guys, I've been so cranky. It's actually been, like, probably miserable for the people, like, on rotation with me and the, mm-hmm. <laughs> the poor pediatric patients. You know, one thing that makes me feel better about, or, like, helps me when I'm being cranky is recognizing that I'm being cranky. Because because I feel like when I put it in a more rational way, like when I'm being cranky, I'm like, the world's out to get me. Everything sucks. Why does everyone suck? And then when I reframe it and think like, okay, no, Connie, you're being cranky. The world doesn't deserve you and your cranky energy right now. It kind of makes me think a little better because I'm like, okay, you know what? No, I, I don't want to be the cranky person that's like screaming on the tee, the cranky person that's like, like, I don't want to be that person. You just want to be cranky next to me on the couch. Where it's safe to be cranky. Is it safe? Yeah. It doesn't feel safe for me. Okay, well, let me ask you this question to me. <laughs> I'm like, are people calling, like, what's the equivalent of child protective services but for a significant other? Like. The sig- the, the parent. <laughs> literally the police. <laughs> Jimmy, you have to have been cranky at some point in your life, though. I've seen you be cranky before. I get what cranky. What helps you get out of your crank? Um, you know what I think uh, in this, uh, to go to this example. Uh, what? I don't know. I don't want to out us for some of the silly games we play. But we play a lot of silly games that helps you feel. That helps you get out of your crank? Yeah, if we do something goofy. Uh, like our game that we play, uh, can we tell them about? Yeah, so yeah, Linterbug is a game that we started playing together. We 
we're staring at the ceiling in one of Connie's like apartments, and we noticed what we thought was a bug, but then on closer <laughs> examination, it was actually a piece of lint. Uh, and thus, lint or bug was born. And now, anytime we see either a bug or a piece of lint, and we're, <laughs> if we're not a hundred percent sure which one it is, we ask the other person, "Hey, is that a lint or a bug?" Uh, as Connie mentioned recently on the pod, uh, we've had a lot of fruit flies, so most of the time it's been bug recently. <laughs> it's been a long, it's been a bug heavy week, but every now and then it really gets you when it's lint, and you build <laughs> up in your head, you're like, "Is that a bug?" And then you grab the tissue, and then it's it's lint. Yeah. It's, Which, you know, good thing to grab it with the tissue either way. You know, uh, I feel like we're really doing good in this world by sharing this game with others. As much as I wanted to keep it for our own, I think it's better that, you know, you try Linter Bug. The next time that you're in a cranky mood, just give it a second. Look for just, a spot on the wall, a spot on the floor, and examine. Is it a bug or is it lint? And that might make you feel better. Because, like, no matter what, if you, like, think it's a bug... Well, actually, no. It would make you feel worse if you thought it was a bug and it was a bug. I was going to say, there's no way it'll make you feel worse. Because the, the surprise is always well, kind of funny. But if it's a bug, it might make you feel worse. It That's might make you feel worse, but you... Here's the thing. I don't think you can really be necessarily cranky... You can't stay mad. ...when you're staring down the barrel of a bug. Because <laughs> then you're just like, ha! Ah! <laughs> then you get into your bug panic, and then, like, that's going to shake you out of the cranky, too. Are you staring down the barrel of that fruit? There's like a there, massive fruit Oh, yeah. Fire. He is taunting us right now. He's literally like flying in front of the ring light. He's like directing us. I want him to fly in front of the camera. You guys I... should listen. He probably is. Anyways. He's a thirst monster. Uh, yeah. If you, ha- if you happen to have a partner or a roommate, you know, someone that just, you know, you want to just play a silly game with. I like that. With. Play a silly. Oh, you can play yeah. by yourself. You don't, you don't yeah. need a partner. And it doesn't need just to be Just test yourself. Honestly, just like invent like whatever a kind silly of game. whatever you find to be amusing and silly, just uh, you know, turn it into a game. You know, something you can just kind of do that doesn't require a lot of mental effort. You know what? This is a good example of like add I th- a little whimsy to I it. I think why it works is because at the core, having a temper tantrum is a very childish thing. So you gotta fight fire with fire, right? If if you're gonna have like a childish tantrum, fight it with like a childish whimsy, like something that'll take your mind off of it. A candy bar, for example. Touch what else? The microphone. What else helps when you're cranky? Going and taking yourself on a walk could be a really good. Take yourself on a walk, or just a- any kind of exercise. I think yeah, if you're exercise. if you're cranky, you need take, to get the energy. Take out. that like energy because like that like I think being cranky is excess energy. I think it's like energy that like you're misdirecting at whatever you're being cranky about. A lot of the times also, it's actually like when you're cranky, it's because your threshold for controlling your emotions is lower than usual. Like um, things that, like I feel like the root of a lot of things that make you feel cranky are actually things that do bother you. But on a normal day, you have enough emotional armor and, emo- and, and enough like stability to like be able to filter it out. You have a high threshold for like snapping. But when you're cranky, that threshold gets lowered. And so, like, what I'm saying is, like, you get cranky about things that actually really do trigger you. I read a quote, and it really sunk in recently, about how the things that bother you about other people are actually things that bother you about yourself. And so whenever I get cranky with other people recently, I've kind of been stopping and being like, how is this showing up and, like, actually reflecting what I dislike about myself? Because once I kind of compare the situations and humanize, like, the person I'm cranky at or the situation I'm cranky at and myself, it almost makes me think, like, okay, like, 
I shouldn't be taking this so seriously. Like, I shouldn't be this cranky. It's kind of, you know what phrase I also like um, called touching grass? Just touch the grass. Like, remember, there's life out there. There's bigger problems in the world. And I promise you, like, someone cutting you off in traffic is, like, really not that big of a deal. And, like, you're kind of similar to what I said last week. You're letting the situation win if you let it bother you for too long. So rise above the situation. Unless you try to steal my machine at the gym. In which case, I'm coming for you. And Jimmy's holding me back. I think the the problem is, though, when you're in your luteal cycle. Yeah, it's hard. Uh, yeah, it's just hard. Like, like, and share with those around you that you are in your <laughs> luteal cycle if you're comfortable with that. Because the second Connie tells me, like, oh, like, yeah, like that week's coming up, I'm like, all right, cool. Like, I'll go get the snacks. Oh my god, in my future office, I'm gonna have to have like a weekly huddle, and I'll be like, alrighty, team, this week is my luteal cycle, and everyone's gonna be like, oh man. They're like, I should have called out. Alrighty, question number two. How to deal with unsolicited opinions wedding editions. I Mm. feel like this is just like a tale as old as time. Like this is, in fact, this is probably part of the wedding process. I haven't really started the planning process yet, so I'm not too familiar with this situation. However, I'm very familiar with people always giving their unsolicited opinions. I like to give my unsolicited opinion off. When I say people, I mean Jimmy. (laughs) So I think what's helpful in dealing with unsolicited opinions is a lot of times as inflammatory as they may feel I think a lot of times people with unsolicited opinions they also don't care that much about their opinions they're just saying them just to say them because they want to feel heard they don't actually care that much if you implement them half the time but um I think one way to deal with this is it's the name of the game is just um diversion so basically let's say I say, like, Jimmy, oh my gosh, like, I really want you to, like, get a blue... T- well, pretend I'm not the bride in this case, because the bride... The bride's opinion matters. <laughs> pretend I'm, like, an out... Like, a bystander in, like, your yeah. wedding. It's not my or wedding. Or is it, like, your mom telling me something? Just pretend, like, I'm an outsider, and okay. you want, like, a white tux. And I'm, like, you know what's, like, the great, the greatest thing ever? You have to do this. Like, you look the best in blue tuxes. You should get a blue tux. Like, no... You won't look good in any other tux. You need a blue tux. Mm-hmm. What you should say is, to divert the situation... You acknowledge it. You're like, oh, yeah, a blue tux. You know what's interesting? Stay. You know what's interesting because then that totally, like, diverts their attention and be like, you know what's interesting? The other day I saw this, like, really, like, pretty blue color at, like, the store. Start going on a tangent. Take that train into a whole nother city. There is this really pretty blue bowl at Ikea. How you know what I'm looking for? How does deal with the issue? You don't deal with the issue. You just keep running. I think the best way. I disagree way, with this. <laughs> because I personally feel like you don't need confrontation in this situation. Just divert and be like, oh my god, like I love these, like, I saw the prettiest light blue Ikea bowls the other day. Um, You know what? Ikea really has good stuff. Just like run with it. I think you don't necessarily need to change the topic. I don't think you need to be confrontational either. Mm-hmm. I think you just need to, the person just wants to be acknowledged, right? And that's what I'm saying by saying and, like, oh, blue tux, that's an interesting idea. Right. And then you move on. You don't need to detract them like with this like, oh, you know what else is blue? <laughs> <laughs> like you just say like, oh, like that, that's like a really good idea. I'll, like I'll definitely think about that. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then like. I'll tell definitely them, think about yeah. it is a good one because then they'll be like, oh, good, she's thinking about tell it. Tell them that you're at least going to consider it when that is just a polite way of saying no. You know what I think the root of this is also is like I think that unsolicited opinions will – it might hurt less once you like 
just like tell yourself the narrative like it's just an unsolicited opinion just let it roll off and like don't let it have that effect on you too yeah it's not something like you're kind of being like bullied into actually doing but it's definitely really tough because i feel like especially in situations like weddings everything is like so i don't know like weddings everything feels so heightened and personal and Mm. like Everyone, for some reason, has an opinion about weddings. It's, like, really weird. I don't know why everyone feels entitled to have opinions about people's weddings. Yeah, because, like, everyone should just think about their own wedding. Yeah, it's, like, your own wedding. You should do whatever you want. Although, I mean, like, every wedding we've been to, we've been like, hmm, interesting choice. And that's the beauty of a wedding is that it's truly your choice. And there's going to be people walking away from our wedding that... Okay. I don't want to utter the words, but they're going to be like, that was... That could have been better. That, that was a weird choice. I wouldn't have done that. Well, it's okay. You know why? Because it's our wedding. Uh, what I will say is, depending on who the person is that's giving you the unsolicited opinion, if it is someone that is financially contributing to the wedding, that is actually a solicited opinion. Because the second you accepted their money for help with the wedding, uh, you solicited. <laughs> so how would you so. do that? What do you mean? I mean, so how would you deal with, then, a solicited opinion? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> no solicitors. Just put a no solicitor sign. <laughs> that's how you stop skateboarders and rollerbladers and parking garages. Yeah. Come on. Well, I, that's the thing. I think if it's someone that is, like, financially contributing, it makes it a little trickier because, like, it's still your wedding. Like, you should still kind of have final say. Mm-hmm. But I think it's kind of harder... It's definitely it, harder. It feels like there is, like, kind of, like... Like, like there's, panel, like, weight like, to their words almost. It's like, oh, like, if they're paying for some aspects of the wedding and they have an opinion on kind of, you know, uh, you know what flower company and they're the one paying for the flowers. Here's the thing also is but that... But it's tricky. I think the reason why this unsolicited opinion weighs on whoever this is or, like, or like myself is because at the core of it, you care about that person and their opinions. Like, you can't help but, like, care about what they thought. Because if you didn't care, then they wouldn't re- it wouldn't really bother you, right? This question wouldn't be, like, a thing. And so lead with that. Like, you really care about this person. I think also something to keep in mind is that in the moment, it's definitely, like, affecting you. And, like, that's the hard part of an unsolicited opinion. But I promise you also, I feel like in 50 years when you look back on your wedding, you're going to be so happy and be like, oh my God, remember this cake? And like, oh my God, remember like we chose this and this. And like their unsolicited opinion is not really going to be like a thought in your mind. So like just keeping in mind how temporary opinions are. Because also you don't really hear the opinions on like, like once the wedding happens, then like you don't really hear about opinions ever again on the wedding. So it's really just like very temporary and just like keep that in mind while you hear like, oh, maybe you should do this. Maybe you should do that. Like just be like, it's temporary. It's temporary. It's going to pass by. And before you know it, the wedding is going to be incredible and you're going to have a great day to look back on. So don't let this affect your experience. This is tough. I'm like, do you feel thankful that they care about your wedding? I don't know. Like unsolicited opinions are kind of annoying. I think at the end of the day, if if it's just an opinion and it's not something that someone's like, you know, kind of bugging you about, you just gotta. You don't need their no, opinion you don't, to no, change. I know. I know. You don't need their opinion to you change. Don't, you don't need to win them over to your point of view. I think that's a good thing to think about. This question, I mean, we'll probably have a better answer when we start planning our wedding. Haven't even picked a year. Uh, yeah, probably because I don't want to deal with unsolicited opinions. We're gonna just have a long engagement. So. Yeah, so I don't know. Let me know what you end up doing. Sorry, yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry, we could have been a little more helpful with that. Uh, but uh, but I just want to say to this person, you are doing a great job, okay? Don't let anybody else make you feel like you're doing a, a worse job than you are. Don't let anybody else make you feel like you're inferior or like your opinions don't matter or like 
like their opinions matter because at the end of the day like this is supposed to be like the happiest day of your life just do what's best for you because then you'll be able to look back and you'll be able to say like i created this day for myself you know you're doing a great job don't let it get to you you're not the only one that is getting unsolicited opinions every single person that's ever planned a wedding is probably getting that yeah and unfortunately i think it's just like par for the course and chances are it's the mother-in-law i think that's just a fear of um upsetting your mother-in-law that is just global Alrighty, last question how to keep in touch with long distance friends in different phases of life so one thing that has helped me with this at least is well for one uh my friend Mackenzie and i i don't know if she's gonna watch this but my friend Mackenzie and i we actually both really like watching the same tv show we watch this show the challenge on mtv and so like once a week no matter what is going on in our lives we both kind of tune in both for our own selfish reasons because we like really like the show but then we are like texting each other the whole time and like texting about this one thing like prompts us to text each other about like other things like throughout the week we're like did you see this like oh my god i can't wait for this week's episode that's one way that i've been able to keep the friendship really alive so i think picking a show or maybe like even a book it's almost like a book club kind of but with a Mm -hmm. show that you can check in and intentionally um i think that's the key is like with long distance friendships and being in different phases of lives you just have to be more intentional uh but i think that's that's some really good advice i think you definitely have to be intentional i think one way i try to be intentional with my friends is especially uh you know to try to at least make plans with them like one to two times a year like you know those friends where sometimes you text them and they ask you like really good questions they're like mm-hmm. how is this person how is like school going like it's like they're really thinking about you and what's going on in your life right now so i think that's like a good way to be a good friend long distance is to really be like intentional and thoughtful about what's going on in their lives like i'm always like asking about their families asking about how work is like how a situation mm-hmm. we last talked about like thinking back to previous conversations you've had with them like really pick up where you left off there's nothing worse than being like surface level with friends and i think that's how friendships die is if you're too surface level you're like how's life and it's like you feel like sometimes if you feel like you're just talking to a wall and they're not actually listening to what you're saying i think that's like the fastest way that a friendship can die is if you feel like it's not authentic yeah and i think you know going beyond texting is i think a good way to also keep things alive if you actually call someone up on the phone yeah that's a good one uh, facetime too and obviously because we're millennials, uh, you're going to text them first to be like, hey, I'm not bothering you if I call you. Right. Like, you know, arrange a time to chat on the phone. Also, I think another thing to keep in mind is that, like, so the best parts of friendship when you are close together is, like, doing the little mundane things together, in my opinion, like, grabbing lunch together, going grocery shopping together, like, running errands together. And so one way to kind of keep that mundane familiarity alive is to give them a call while you're running errands, which is funny because I just said, like, be intentional with your time together. But sometimes I love chatting on the phone with a friend while they're like, oh, I'm at the Starbucks drive-thru, like, just just sitting here before work. Like, what are you up to? Like, I almost feel like I'm still part of their daily routine because there's, like, a weird kind of feeling, too, when you feel like everything's so formal all of a sudden. You're like, oh, we have to, like, have these formal plans. Like, I feel like it's it's nice still feeling like you're a part of their everyday life. So, for example, if I'm chatting with, like, a friend from, like, one of my friends from pharmacy school, maybe, like, I'll be at the store and I'm like, oh, hey, I'm, like, picking up apples. Like, do you know how to pick, like, how to pick a good apple? Like, I feel like being out and about sparks that normal conversation that you would have had with them had you been in person together, too. Yeah. 
I like that. I like running errands with my friends. I like, well, also it's like really a two for one because then you're, you're like being productive while also being productive. You know, <laughs> you're like That's checking true. in on someone while being productive. Yeah. I feel like I see people on the phone a lot when they're walking their dogs. That seems yeah, like a Yeah, hot girl walks. Hot girl walks. I think that sometimes where long distance friendships can be tough is let's say you're having a really long day and you're really tired and then you get this like wall of text about like how someone's doing or an update. It's like really normal actually and natural to feel kind of like exhausted and be like, oh, okay, I'll respond to that later. And then the later just never comes and then that's kind of how conversations die, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that being proactive and doing things like leaving the little voicemail function and just leaving a voicemail um, is like a good, quick, easy way to have a conversation without necessarily picking up a phone. Like Gigi and I do voicemails all the time. Yeah, but Voice you, messages. is that only if you have an iPhone? I don't know. I'm sure maybe the green text people can do it too. Okay. Well, uh, I mean, let's face it. Green text people and blue text people. Yeah, I they're think... They're not meant to be friends. Like, I think that just... It all comes back to being intentional. Because, like, all of a sudden, the familiarity and the convenience of being close by isn't there anymore. All right, we're on uh, number 10 on the intentional counter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Take a shot every time. Editing Connie here. I also just want to stress, like, this is something that I honestly really do struggle with. I think it's probably one of my worst traits as a friend is it's, like, really hard to keep in touch with people long distance over time. I'm definitely not, like, the poster child for this. Um, so hopefully that helps make you maybe feel better is just knowing that I think it really is common and it's tough for everyone transitioning in adulthood. Oh my god, my camera's about to die. Okay, anyways, that's all we have for this week. Those are my three questions that I had to answer for you guys. I hope you guys enjoy. I hope this was helpful. Um, Submit your chief complaints to drconniewangx at gmail.com. I'll leave the Gmail thing, and you can also DM me on Instagram at drconniewang at just a quick pinch. I hope you guys enjoyed. Bye! Bye!